Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I also host the podcast Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you can listen to if you need your literary fix fast. This podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, is for anyone out there who wants to feel better in their bodies like I do. There's a private support group that I started on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And all of us share tips, suggestions, recipes, meal ideas, and generally just give each other lots and lots and lots of support so that it isn't so hard to do what should be simple, but somehow isn't. So please listen to the podcast, hear stories from people just like you who have struggled and overcome things and have ideas and suggestions. And let's just do this together. We got this. Thanks for listening. I loved interviewing Sherry Puzzi, who I met doing a live event at one of the bookstores for my book launch. And she was on a treadmill the whole time. And I was like, I need to talk to that woman. She obviously is using her time really well. Anyway, Sherry ended up being amazing. She's a wife and a mom of two. She has a degree in international politics and previously worked in finance, but her favorite job to date is getting to stay home with her daughters. Sherry spends her free time reading as many books as she can and trying to find the balance between eating homemade baked goods and going on runs. She's traveled all over the world and currently calls Seattle home. And by the way, after I did this interview, I recruited Sherry, who is now going to run Moms Don't Have Time to Grieve with me. So we're really for me. So we have so many ideas for what we can include. And I am thrilled that Sherry's going to do this. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Thank you for having me, Zoe. This is fun. So this is a little bit random as we were joking around about because I (laughs) was in the middle of doing a book event with Book Movement. And there you were on the Zoom on the treadmill. (laughs) I was like, that is someone who needs to come on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight because this mom has figured out some secret sauce to the whole thing. So welcome. Tell me a little bit about yourself, and then we'll talk about how you're fitting in health and fitness and wellness and all that stuff into your busy mom life. Well, thank you for having me. Well, I am a mom, and I stay home full-time with my kids, and so it is constantly just trying to juggle it all, trying to do homeschool and take care of them in a pandemic and try to stay sane. And for me, that has been exercise. And if I can have a few minutes to myself to move my body, then I am a much better mom and I feel more balanced and I'm not yelling at my kids and I can have a minute to listen to a podcast or do a virtual book event or whatever it is that I want to do. If I can pair that with exercising, that is what I found to be really helpful for me. So it is hard to squeeze it all in. And I feel like as moms, we have a million things to do anyway. But when it comes to our health, it's like, okay, make a healthy dinner, make healthy choices in front of our kids, encourage them in their health, keep ourselves healthy. Oh, and exercise and make sure you're buying all the right groceries too. It's just a lot. And I have felt that overwhelm. And so I I feel like it takes a lot of time and energy to find a balance that works for me and for my family in this season of life. Because that's the other thing as moms it's always changing the age of your kids, what schooling looks like. We move a lot. And so then it's like, find a new gym, figure out a new routine. And it's just, it's hard. It's a lot. So I love, I love your group and your podcast and what you're trying to just do with, all right, moms, we're in this together. How can we figure this out? And I think it's great to just share tips and our stories. Cause that's what I find helpful. Like, What is someone else's story? What is, what are they doing that is working for them? And how can I 
glean a little bit from that and take what works for me and, you know, move forward. I agree with basically every single thing that just came out of your mouth. Um, I couldn't agree more. How, how old are your kids now? Four and five. Four and five. Yes. And how, why do you guys move a lot? Well, my husband likes to just change jobs, I guess. So we've kind of moved all over the country and it's fun. I like to travel, but obviously in the past year, we haven't done anything and we moved right before COVID started. So that has been a unique challenge. Like we don't know anyone here because we got here and then everything shut down. So I think that definitely impacts my health. Like I am one to go to comfort eating. And Mm -hmm. so I can fall off the edge of like, oh, we're in a pandemic. Oh, I don't have any friends. Oh, this is so hard. Let me just eat, eat, eat. And that feels good until it doesn't anymore. I don't know if you can Mm -hmm. relate to that. It's like all of a sudden, oh, wow, I've gained all this weight. And it was feeling so good and fun to eat ice cream every night. And now I'm miserable because my pants don't fit. And so I've had to kind of like figure out, okay, so how do I counterbalance that? What can I do that is a more healthy coping mechanism for me instead of running to cookies? So for me, it's, yeah, moving my body, walking or running. And when I spend time doing that, then I feel less guilty about the eating. And I can never be the kind of person that just says no desserts, no food, because I love it too much. I'm so grumpy. So it's like, okay, well, if I want to keep that piece of it in my life, if I want to bake brownies and cookies with my kids and then actually eat one, then what do I need to do to make sure I'm not going to be completely out of balance? And that's running, walking, doing something. So there's the physical part of it, but then it also helps me so much mentally to know that I've moved my body. And so it's, it's a whole balancing act. And I think that's what I've come to learn in recent years, that there's not a quick fix because I tried that for a, a, lot, of t- a lot of years. Okay, what can I do? to lose five pounds so I can squeeze into this bridesmaid dress that doesn't zip up and the wedding is next week. Like, what can I do real quick? And that is not a way for me to live long-term. I don't want to be like that for my whole life. So what is it that I can do that is more sustainable? And it's, my husband always jokes, he's like, everything in moderation, everything in moderation. It's like, okay, that's really easy for some people, but that is my struggle. I have to rein in my sweet tooth and get my butt moving so that I'm able to balance it all. So it's just this constant balancing act and I don't do it perfectly. I mess up all the time, but it's more attainable, I think, than, okay, I'm going to count calories for the rest of my life. I can't do that. It's just too hard. It's too hard for me. So what what part of the world are you in now? We're in Seattle. Oh, okay. So has this been I know that this period of life and this sort of season of craziness that we've all maybe hopefully started to emerge from maybe soon, I hope. Prior to this, like when you were growing up, what were you an athlete? Like, did you think about your body and your weight? Was it always easy? Was it always a struggle? Like, give me some context before we got here. So I was never athletic. I was probably quite thin as a child, not just genetics and metabolism. And I never really struggled with weight until I went to college. And I made some unhealthy choices for sure. But I think the, what started my weight gain was some trauma and grief I experienced in college. I was a freshman in April of 2007 at Virginia Tech when the mass shootings on campus occurred. And it was after that that I just really 
struggled. I struggled with some depression and some grief and it was complicated. And that's when I first started turning to food for comfort. And I, my emotions just fell out of control. It was just a messy situation. And so I just ate (laughs) and I gained like 30 pounds. And that was a lot for, for me at that time. And like I was saying before, like it felt great until I was like, oh, wow, I, none of my clothes fit and I'm actually really miserable. And so I had to make some changes at that point in college. I, I was young, so I think I still had a good metabolism on my side. It wasn't that hard for me to lose. I tried to, you know, log what I ate, which was embarrassing a lot of days and tried to exercise. And eventually it it came off and I felt like I was in a, a place that I was okay with. And I, there were some ups and downs. My brother was tragically killed a couple years after after that. And so again, it was <sighs> the, the comfort eating and just feeling so out of control and, okay, so let me just eat. At the same time, that was when I first started exercising actually was after I lost my brother because I had to do something with all of the grief and the anger and the sadness. And I started running and I had never been a runner. I thought that like, that's dumb. Why would I want to run? Like, I'd rather sit here and read a book. Like, why do I want to go spend my time running? But I started running and that helped me so much to just, I think, process some of the emotions and the grief and just how complicated it all was. So from then on, I've had kind of like an on again, off again relationship with exercise. Like in times of great stress, I will do two things. I will eat and I will run. So thankfully they're usually together, but it's it's a cycle. And I mean, you know, you've experienced some big grief in your life and it's, there's waves of it. And so in seasons around anniversaries and birthdays, it's, I am eating more, but I'm also running more. It's, it's this constant yo-yo almost. And I don't know if that's ever going to go away. I mean, grief changes and morphs over years, but it's, it's still a part of my story. And I think it's just something I'm going to have to struggle with this constant wanting to go to the food and then trying to also process through the emotions and the feelings by exercising. So anyway, that has been an underlying current in my story of just doing that. But then also when we do move, that's also a little bit of grief tied up in that saying goodbye to people and starting over. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a thing. That's what I struggle with. But then in the midst of that, I got married and got pregnant and it was like all of that love for eating and my lack of self-control was like magnified. Like, if I'm going to gain weight, then I'm just going to gain weight. Well, I gained 50 pounds with my first pregnancy. And, and then it took me 11 months to lose it. And I got pregnant two weeks later. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> so then I gained all those 50 pounds back and more. And I was just so uncomfortable. I mean, I remember I was driving down the road one day and my sunglasses broke on my face. Like my face had gotten so large. My sunglasses just burst off and landed in my lap. That's not what your sunglasses wrote. You were so funny. Oh my God. So by the time my second was born, I was like, okay, this has been years of me being pregnant, gaining weight, trying to lose weight. I'm over it. So I buckled down, I'd counted calories and I lost 40 pounds in four months. And I was like, great, I've arrived. Well, great mystery of weight loss is the last four years I've been yo-yoing with the same 10 pounds up and down. That is harder than those 60 pounds that I lost after pregnancy, because like I was saying at the beginning, it's, it's the balancing act. It's the, what can I maintain versus what can I do really quickly in a few months to just, let me see the finish line. Let me just arrive there. But with body changes and getting older, I just, it's, I can't, be, eat like I used to eat. I can't 
expect to bounce back as quickly. I think as moms, we hopefully can all relate to that. It's just not the same anymore. So there has definitely been times where I've had a lot of weight gain and I've lost it. I've had a lot and I've lost it, but it's the day-to-day maintenance that is where I'm at now. And I think that mindset shift of, okay, this is, this is the long game and what small changes can I do that I can do every day that will have a bigger impact. I don't know if you've read Atomic Habits by James Clear. That book is incredible. And that really helped me a lot because the whole premise is we underestimate what small changes can do. And we think these grand short-term transformations are going to have the biggest impact and they don't. So, okay, maybe I don't need to cut out ice cream for forever, but if I only eat it on the weekends, that's better than eating it every night. And like he talks about that in the book and that I found very helpful. Like I can make these small changes that are not overwhelming that will have long-term impact. So maybe I'm not going to lose 40 pounds in four months, but I might lose two pounds in six months and actually keep it off. And I'd much rather do that than be miserable because I'm so restrictive that I'm a grump to be around. And so I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question. I feel like I've been all over the place with trying the quick fix, trying to do something sustainable, having complicated feelings around eating and just, I don't know, the comfort that it brings. Wow. What a story. Well, first of all, as you're talking, I'm like having all these thoughts like, okay, well, what can, what can she do? Like while she's at home with her kids, you're obviously like super bright and like so articulate and you have all this energy. And I wonder if there's some way you can channel some of that into some other project that doesn't take that much time that might also give you some of that feeling of like, you know, being in control of all your feelings. Like, do you ever do any writing? Just curious. Do you ever write? I have. Yes. I've written over the years. I had a blog back in the day when blogs were big. And so I've done some writing. I read a lot. That's what I mostly do is read like everything that I can get my hands on. And now I'm seeing that in my children as they're learning to read and they walk around with their nose in a book. I'm like, wow, this is, that's me like 30 years ago. So it's very rewarding to see that. But yeah, reading is probably probably the next comfort thing that's a little healthier than the brownies and the cinnamon rolls. (laughs) I could skip cinnamon rolls, but brownies, yeah. I just realized that one of my kids' birthday is on National Brownie Day. And he was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And so we're already planning like the brownie party to come. So yeah. Well, can we go back to the grief just for a minute? Mm -hmm. Not to make you have to, you know, sort of go back to that time. But I don't know. I found that bringing up grief isn't really what brings it up. It's always kind of there. And if you talk about it, it's not like it's, it's not like you're not thinking about it, right? (laughs) Can you share what happened to your brother or you don't even want to discuss? You don't have to. He was murdered. What? Yes. So it's very, very complicated. So there's just the shock of it and just like why and there's still a lot of questions and we don't have a lot of answers and then there's my own grief and then also watching you know the other people that I care about more than anyone my parents and my sisters and so then wow it's like everyone that I love is grieving and that is hard it's hard to have my own grief but it's hard to watch the people I love grieve and now that I'm a mom and I think about my parents it's like okay, I can't even begin to imagine their grief now as a mom. And 
then also thinking about them having, they have said this over the years, like what's hard for us is watching our children grieve. And it's just, it's just so complicated. And yeah, that, that's the best word I have for it. It has been very complicated and it's something that will rear its head in unexpected times. And then there's times when I do expect it. And it's, it's hard to fit grief into being a mom because I can't just quit being a mom when I'm having a hard day or when there's something in the news again that, you know, brings it all up or people are reaching out or strangers are reaching out. It's, it's just so hard. And as my kids get older and are understanding more, that has been hard too. how to talk about it with them and how to, you know, have age appropriate conversations with them without lying to them. But, you know, being honest, like mommy has hard days sometimes and I'm sad. I miss him. And yeah, it's, it's hard. The, the mom piece has been another layer of difficulty because I, I can't just set my grief aside. I, I did that and it doesn't work. I tried that and it, it just made it worse. I had to come back and address it. And I want to make sure that I handle it in a healthy way. I think that's important for me, but also for my children. I can't be a good mom if I'm walking around with this anger and bitterness. I, I have to deal with it and I have to deal with it in the right way. So it's been, it's been really hard. Yeah. It's been really hard. That's a lot of pressure to, I mean, I literally, by the way, just started, well, I haven't even launched it, but moms don't have time to grieve. I feel like you need to be in charge of that. I, I heard that you shared something about this somewhere. And I, I was running, of course, when I was listening and I almost thought, I was like, that is so true. Moms do not have times to grieve that I have felt that. I know my sisters have felt that they both have kids. They, one of them was pregnant when our brother was killed. One of them already had children and how, how that was complicated. And I even remember thinking, seeing my baby niece, like, oh, this is so helpful. It's such a distraction from my grief. Well, she wasn't my kid. And Mm -hmm. it's different when it's your kid and I can't just like have them and then put them away. (laughs) Like they're always there. So yeah, I, that really resonated with me when I heard that you were doing that because it, it is true and it is another complication of grief that I don't think is talked about a lot. I mean, so much of grief isn't, isn't talked about a lot, but the having to care for other people when you are trying so hard to just keep yourself together is very difficult. Especially because I feel like, at least my kids, but I feel like most kids, they have some bizarre like extrasensory ability to pick up even when I'm faking that I'm happy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they can tell the days that like, I feel like I have a, like a boot, like pressing mm-hmm. on my chest. Like I have those days and they always can tell, even if I put a smile on my face, I'm like, I am not fooling anybody. <laughs> I can't fool them for a second. Like if I'm in a good mood and I'm running around playing tag with them and laughing, like I can't do that unless I'm legitimately in a good mm-hmm. mood. You know, they read everything. So they read everything on my, on me. Right. It's so it's like you're, you're like under a microscope at home yes. and you're trying to be calm and you know what they need, but some days you don't have anything left to give them. Mm-hmm. My, that is yeah. hard. my kids are the same way. They'll just like start rubbing my arm in circular motions oh. and it's like, oh, they can sense it. And then that makes, yeah. that just breaks my heart because, you know, I want, I want to have more to give to them. And I think, I think it's also good for them to know that as adults, we don't have all the answers and we aren't going to have it all together. But as a mom, that's of course what we want to give our kids is the best parts of us. And sometimes there just aren't any good parts left in that day. 
<laughs> the, the energy and the grief and all of that has kind of zapped them for the day. Which is why sometimes, at least for me, and it sounds like for you, at the end of the day, when you get through one of these days, I'm like, well, if you even try to take away the dessert that I've been looking for all day, what on earth would I have at like the end of the road if I didn't have at least that? Yeah. Like seriously, I'm going to have like, what, a, a bowl of applesauce? <laughs> no. Like I am going to sit down and if it's ever quiet in this house, I want to sneak in the kitchen and just have a minute. Mm-hmm where I can like taste something amazing and not have to think about everything else. Yeah. But that's why I feel like in some of these, you know, losing weight things where everything's like, Oh, well, I don't know. I'm just like, you can't, it feels like such a deprivation if someone says, so, which is why any plan I ever do is like, you don't have to give up sweets. I'm like, okay, fine. (laughs) That's how I feel. And my husband's like, please don't do that. You're so grumpy. Please don't give up chocolate or dessert because I'm miserable to be around. And that kind of restriction doesn't work for me, but I found that if I am super strict about exercising, somehow that gives me more freedom because Mm -hmm. I know, okay, well, I've put in the time moving my body today so I can eat the dessert without guilt because it's all balance. So the all or nothing mentality, which is totally how I am when I applied it to food, it didn't work for me. But when I apply it to exercise, it does work because that's an easier goal to achieve. Like, okay, exercise today okay, that's much easier than lose two pounds this week. So when the all or nothing is shifted onto exercise for me, it's much easier and I'm happier. And I feel like it all works out better for everyone in my house. (laughs) (laughs) What type of books do you like to read? I like, don't even know which podcast I'm recording for, but I can't, I can't like separate my interests here. What kind of books do you like to read? Oh, I read everything. Literary fiction, contemporary fiction. Those are probably my favorite. I love memoirs, but I also read historical fiction. I mean, I'll read anything. I read all, I try to read well, I can't keep up with you and all of oh, the please. podcast yeah. interviews that you do, but I try to read whatever's coming out. I try to, whatever I can get my hands on and I, you know, post my reviews to the internet and try to convince people to read this book that I love. It's fun. It's, it's how I've been my whole if life. If people want to read your reviews, where do they go? What Sherry reads on Instagram. Yeah. What did you do before you had kids? So my degree is in international politics and I loved what I studied but I never really used it for like a career. I studied abroad in China and spoke Chinese and that was like going to be my, my job. I wanted to work like for the CIA or something, but we got married right after I graduated college and we moved to a really small town that was not Washington DC. So my plan kind of unraveled from there, but I, I worked in finance and I ended up really loving it. I was a registered investment advisor and found out I loved numbers. Who knew? I never knew that. I was always like the English person, like, give me the books and let me write papers and, you know, tell you all my thoughts. I didn't know that numbers was for me, but I loved it. And I worked in that until I got pregnant. And then I stayed home after that. And I love being home with my kids, but I really also miss the adult interaction. (laughs) I think, I think other moms can probably relate to that, whether you work or not. It's, it's hard to only be around small people all day. And the pandemic, of course, has amplified that. Just not really seeing anyone. I mean, the grocery store and neighbors outside and that's it. But I'm very thankful to be be able to be with my kids, especially in these little years when they're so funny. Like every other thing they say is so funny. (laughs) Like I I remember when I was pregnant, I was so afraid we would have boring kids. That was like my fear. (laughs) And now sometimes my husband will be like, remember when you thought our kids were going to be boring? (laughs) I was like, I'm so glad they're not. They're so fun and funny. And it's just such a joy to be with them. They really, they bring a lot of joy into my life. (laughs) 
I had a lot of worries about my kids, but boring. I was not, that was not a worry. <laughs> that was not one of my worries. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> Hilarious. What's like one of your favorite meals? What do you like? What's if you could go out to dinner at a restaurant, what would you order? Mm. Like what's your go- favorite? That is hard. Anything that I don't feel like I can cook well at home. I love to cook. And so if I'm going to go out, I want it to be a break. So I don't know, some kind of really delicious pasta with shrimp or something that I wouldn't want to tackle at home. Or honestly, a lot of times I order a burger, which my husband makes fun of me for. He's like, I do not want to go on a date with you and you order a burger. You do that every time. He's like, just order something more interesting. I'm like, but if it's the middle of the winter and we're not grilling out, that's, that's the food that we haven't had in a long time. So I do, I like burgers with like fun toppings that I wouldn't do at home. Interestingly, I hardly ever ordered dessert out because I'm afraid it's going to disappoint me. I know, Mm. like I know that a cookie that I'm going to make at home is probably going to be better because I've had it a million times. So (laughs) that is, yeah, unless it's ice cream. Ice cream, I will always be up for out because that doesn't ever disappoint. My husband teases me. He's like, I've never seen anyone enjoy a bowl of ice cream as much as you do. (laughs) I once said, I was like trying to explain this, I think to like my therapist when I used to make time for therapy, which now I do through my podcast. (laughs) But anyway, I was like, I don't think you understand. Like, I think I enjoy dessert more than most people. Like the, I get so much pleasure from each bite. I'm like, oh, this is the most amazing thing ever. And she's like, every time you come in and tell me that you had some cake, it's the most amazing thing you've ever had. And I'm like, but it is, it's so good. So I don't know. I feel like maybe there's different pleasure sensors or maybe I'm just like hokey in that way. But no, I feel the same way. And I'm always on the quest to find the perfect thing. Right now I have, I don't know how many dozen cookie dough balls in my freezer because I have this idea to do like a March Madness bracket with cookie chocolate chip cookies. And I'm going to like pit them against each other and find the best one. I'm on a, I'm on a quest. So yeah, there'll hopefully be lots of running also in the month of March to make up for all of the chocolate chip cookies that I'll be eating. <laughs> you, it's like, I've literally found myself in another human brain. <laughs> like I literally have 10 different giant chocolate chip cookie dough balls in my freezer, which I think about all day long. Right? Uh, I know they're there. Mm-hmm. And is tonight the night I'm going to need to make one or can I wait till tomorrow? Uh, Am I going to have to share these? (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea of a March Madness for chocolate chip cookies. This is not helping people who are on this. I'm sorry. It's all about balance. I'm sorry, everybody. It's all about balance. Honestly, I, yeah, I think if, you know, if you eat healthy most of the time and you're excited for one chocolate chip cookie, like, come on, that's not the problem. But I agree. And I can, I feel like I've never done Weight Watchers, but I think that's kind of my mentality. Like, okay, let's do more protein and fewer carbs at lunch so that I can eat you know, whatever my, I'm making my family for dinner and not have to like weigh everything and count it out. It's just, it all comes back to balance and what is reasonable. And that might look different for everyone, but I think deep down, each of us knows what is probably an appropriate balance for us. And I think it's just being honest with ourselves and getting to the place where we can maintain that and stick to it. Well, I think it's amazing how open you are and I love it. And I think what you're saying is going to resonate with so many people. And I'm sorry about the traumas in your past. Mm -hmm. And I, I know how that must feel, or I can, I just empathize so much with what you're saying and the addition of the mom 
performance each day can be oppressive <laughs> and certainly exhausting. And sometimes food has to be our ally. Sometimes it's not the time to say goodbye to food. <laughs> so I'm really glad our paths have crossed in life. Me too. I'm really serious. If you want to help with Moms Enough Time to Grieve or something in any way, yeah. let me know. I would love we to. Can email. Yeah. But I really think that, like this sounds ridiculous. I really think you have so much to offer. <laughs> I but I do. I mean, you're really special and awesome. And I also think sometimes when we're home, because I was home with my kids for many years and there was a part of me that just wasn't being engaged mm-hmm. and that made me turn to other things more too yeah. and added to a sort of general sort of depression that I felt when like I just couldn't like snap out of it. Not that I regret it. And I loved being home right. when they were little. I mean, I am home. They're in the next room. Yeah. I mean, I'm ne- they can't, I can't get away from them. But <laughs> you know, when my older kids who are now almost 14, when they were little. So yeah, I've been home the whole time. I get it. So anyway, I'm just really happy to have met you. And I'm so happy you were on the treadmill during that <laughs> book movement, book launch event. Like, And now we've had this conversation and I am so curious about your story. And you have to write your own book, by the way. So mm, one day, it's a dream. One day. <laughs> I mean- one day could be tomorrow. Who knows? Well, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun to connect with you and talk with you. I feel like this has been my little therapy session for the day. You're so good at asking questions and I don't know. I've just really enjoyed talking to you. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. We'll be in touch. Okay. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Don't forget to follow the private support group at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight on Instagram. Thanks.